Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome to Behind the Influence, a production of iHeartRadio and TDC Media. entertainers I talk to are actually introverts and I think that you are actually like you are this ball of energy yeah you know I don't think it's a show right no for sure I've always been the class clown Mm -hmm. like I was always getting in trouble with my teachers always drawing attention to myself and I've always just been that person to me it's like fun and I like to create that energy because I think life's fucking boring Mm -hmm. I think life's so boring like if if you think about it like the only thing that matters is conversation and human interaction Mm -hmm. when you boil it down at the end of the day and like how other people make you feel and to me it's like I was like sitting in class or I'd be like sitting in like an assembly or at football practice and everyone's just going through the motions of life just like we're here we're sitting here this is what we have to do and I was always the person like no like let's make this fun let's make jokes let's talk about shit let's like prank people let's spice this up a little bit you have 6.5 million subscribers if not more on YouTube and then you have almost 4 million followers I did have 4 million at one point and then Instagram did their sweep and then I was a meme and then I lost a bunch (laughs) (laughs) and then the meme happened yes we're basically bribing Brian here 
to play <laughs> Macy's single that she just played for me, Cry for Help. It is so good. Thank you. Such a departure. Not in it. I'm not saying the other stuff wasn't good, but such a departure from your other music. Yeah, it's so different. And like, I want people to recognize that, I think, too. I mean, the opening line, it's different <laughs> than anything I've ever heard. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, go check out. It's right. It's it's already been released. Yes. Go check out the song. Mm-hmm. You will not regret it, you guys. It's yeah, it's definitely a shocker. It's a shocking opening line. I mean, like I I thought of it as like I would want to listen to the rest of the song. You move out to L.A., everybody's eyes are on you, but then sometimes you're getting in trouble, right? Yeah. But it's because you're creating your own, I guess, non-boring life, right? Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like just doing what you want because you don't care what other people think. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like I've kind of always been like the problem child. Why do you think? Uh, um, I think for that reason, like because I I literally get bored. Like we were in the we we were I just had an interview and like we're in the green room and we're just in this room. There's like a TV. I was like started to like, I'm just like, yo, like get what's antsy. going on here? Like, what? Yeah. like we need to do something. Like I get bored super easily. Mm-hmm. I think that's where it stems from. And I have a lot of energy and ADHD. Like we were talking about so dope. before. <laughs> and, dope. and I like adrenaline and stuff. So I think like a lot of the shit I do like involves adrenaline and like just being outside of the box and yeah, I always I kind of start to like find myself in in trouble, but I'm ex controversial now. No more trouble. Yes, your branding is very clean as of now. Yes, it's great. So on that point, you are one of the most talked about people digitally and even mainstream media. One of the most talked about people, and I think there's a lot of power in that. But I also think that there's got to be downsides to it too, because when something goes wrong, then on top of everybody celebrating you, one minute they're celebrating you, the next minute everyone's shitting on you. Mm-hmm. So there's pros and cons, right? <laughs> yeah. And you've had days when you've woken up and there's news outlets reporting on you, people who don't know anything about you, assuming things. Yeah, I think the biggest, most annoying thing that I deal with is misconception and people misunderstanding like who I am. Because at the end of the day, like I have a reputation and there's a reputation and there's like who you actually are. Mm-hmm. And for the past two, three years, I've had like kind of a notorious reputation. Who I am as a person is like very different from how the world perceives me. Mm-hmm. I think partially a lot of it's my own fault. I don't like some of the old shit that I did. I, I don't like my old self. I don't like the, some of the videos that I, I would do, but there's a reason I did it. And in the moment it was what I was doing and it got me to where I am today, but I definitely had to grow and, and learn from that. But I think the biggest thing is when your reputation doesn't match who you are as a person and that is really hard to deal with and and annoying because you're just like yo like I'm not that like I'm not this person I'm not like I'm not an asshole I'm not like doing all these like dumb things like it may look like this but like what's my side of the story and a lot of the times because I am Jake Paul and I have a target on my back people don't want to hear that side of the story and people just will like just add to like the Jake Paul like oh he's doing that oh he's doing that like it's so easy to just like it's too easy yeah and they put your name in their titles and then yeah they're they're getting views off of talking about you and that's what I hate is like those haters will watch like other people making up shit about my reputation but they don't ever care to like go in and figure out for themselves which i understand and i'm not like butthurt but it's like that is the most annoying thing to deal with in the entertainment industry but also if there's somebody who cares enough about me to follow me because they hate me and they want to see if i'm gonna say or do something dumb then i mean they're still a fan actually you probably have way more than 6.5 million subscribers because you know people watch the videos and just don't subscribe yeah i actually thought about that the other day because i was trying to think about how many people in the world don't know me yet because obviously it's a massive number of people who don't know me 
But then I was like, well, 6.5, probably only about one to 10% of people who've seen me subscribe. So that's scary too, to think about how many people have seen you in passing. And that's not even including like uploaded content that Facebook pages have taken my compilations and put them and those have a hundred million views. And that's just people that that's, have no idea who I am. That's crazy to think about. Yeah. And scary. Yeah. And weird and gross. <laughs> so, <laughs> cool. so, so on the topic of scary, Sorry. you have all these people with their eyeballs on you. Have mm -hmm. you ever had a situation that has actually been scary with a fan? Yeah, I actually currently have a stalker, which I guess I shouldn't say too much about because we I don't apologize. want to exacerbate. Gabby, but... I didn't mean to show up <laughs> at your house on an <laughs> I can't believe you started this whole podcast <laughs> just, just to, to get, get me <laughs> on. This is unreal. I've never been in a situation. No, I actually have been in a situation where I felt really actually scared and I had to get um, a security guard to follow me around while I was in New York. It was the first time I was in New York for MTV and there was somebody. Can we swear on here? What's the. I think we can. Let me get some clearance. Okay, because yep. he was saying he some fly. really vulgar stuff, saying like, next time you're in your New York, you better beef up your security because you will be dead next time I see you. And then talking about like burying up my dead grandma and like fucking her skull and like what? like killing and raping my baby sister. Like it was dark. And I this was right after the Vegas shootings. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be in Times Square. And this guy is telling me I need to beef up my security and he's going to kill me. And he's clearly very angry. So that was really scary. Like walking around in New York that weekend I had my eyes peeled and then my phone got hacked that same weekend like drastically hacked like they stole my phone number put their sim card on their phone so I lost my phone number so they were getting all my two-step verifications and no. I was like is this the same guy is this the attack was it the same guy no it was Thank just a uh, very harmless oh hacker yeah so everyone always puts digital personalities in one box and then traditional celebrities like a Tom Cruise in a different mm -hmm. box you guys probably have I mean you definitely do their statistics have more fans than a lot of these traditional celebrities and also there's this other layer of people they have more access to you guys because yeah. a lot of you especially you you're very real on there you let people into your real lives so now all of a sudden if you do have a sick grandma or you have like a little brother or whatever it is they know their names they know yeah they're very invested yeah, and they know details that maybe you wouldn't know about, you know, a Naomi Watts or something like that who chooses yeah. to put nothing out there. Yeah. Do you have to guard and shield certain elements of your life just to protect your family? Absolutely. A lot of people ask me because I kind of allude a lot to some of the stuff that I write about with my childhood and my parents and my relationship with my family and people really want details like what happened to you? I'm open about my mental illness and see PTSD and anxiety and stuff like that. So people want to know like what is your PTSD from? And it's like I can't share that much. I would but it's not just my story. So people need to realize that people in my life aren't just an extension of me. They are their own person and other people share that story with me so I can't tell my story without also exposing the personal lives of my siblings and my family and my aunts and my uncles and that's not fair to them and then also if I'm dating somebody I'm very very careful to keep it under wraps because if something goes wrong I don't want them to get hate I don't want to have to deal with a breakup publicly so very personal things I keep to myself but if it has to do with me and me only I'm pretty open about it yeah so Layla is my best friend from college we've been best friends forever and her daughter Sweetest. is my goddaughter Isabel <gasps> obsessed with Macy Macy had this bop out it was like a summer jam <laughs> it was yeah it was vibe right mm -hmm. or is it it was vibe it's because I always want to say kill my vibe but it's just vibe <laughs> and my goddaughter would dance to this forever and I'm like oh Macy's coming out with a new song I'm gonna play it for her and then I hear the first line of this song I'm like yeah Isabel will not be dancing to this song not yet there well, actually is a clean version okay so what is it 
hey, want to play chess? It's, I mean, it's, it's just, it's like bleeped out. Like it's just. But not, everyone knows but what it's you actually, want and what you're trying to do. Right. <laughs> right. But yeah, there's actually, whenever I do it live, I have to like do a clean version for, you know, all of the, the general public. Yes. So what is the clean? Do you just not say I anything? say, hey, want to love or oh. like, you know. That's cute. Yeah. Yeah, Isabel wouldn't know the difference. She'd be like, yeah, what a lot. Let's love. <laughs> love. Let's all I don't know. love I tried, each other. I tried to figure out like replacement words like want to hug or like want to hook up or something. I think love is fine. Yeah. It I works. Like love is natural. <laughs> yeah. So for those of you who are not familiar, Macy is a very, very talented female artist who actually got her start on YouTube. And when it makes perfect sense for this show behind the influence, you have millions of subscribers on your YouTube channel. When I first discovered Macy, she was doing covers. But before that, you did have a legit music career. You just kind of like went solo, decided to do your own thing and start your YouTube channel. And that's when I saw all of her amazing covers, which if you guys haven't seen those, go check out her YouTube channel because your voice is insane. Thank you. And then the reason we thought this would be a great tie-in for the show is you actually were able to leverage your fan base on YouTube and digital on through Instagram, Twitter to then launch a really successful, which is still up it's and coming. Growing, it's yeah. still happening. It's, it's still growing. growing. Yes. It's still absolutely growing. And so let's talk about that a little bit. When you first started the channel, was your motivation or was the game plan to always do what ended up happening? When I started it, no. I was like 12, 13, mm -hmm. and I was like just wanting to do covers. I just found out I could sing. I wasn't I wasn't seasoned in writing or producing yet at all. So starting the channel, it was more for fun doing covers. And then once it started taking off, I started going into original stuff and writing. But even before I started the channel, I was already touring and doing stuff, you know, live and everything. And so a little also, backstory, just so for people who don't know the story, you were into music prior to launching yes. the music channel. Yeah, I actually moved to Atlanta uh, when I was like 12 and I was in a girl group in Atlanta and that was where we had full artist development, which now is like really not a thing. I'm so glad I went through it, though. It was, a, it was a especially really... at such a young age where you could actually be like, OK, because nobody knows who they mm -hmm. are at 12. Like, come on. At all. No. So, so you go, you're getting all the great training that you mm -hmm. needed that could probably help you now. Yeah. And honestly, like, I feel like I have some sort of advantage because I had artist development to handle things under pressure and you know to be juggling so much and and you know like having interviews and shows and stuff all while you know a bunch of stuff behind the scenes are happening so that was a great way for me to really figure out the industry I think too I was trained by like amazing people in Atlanta so it was great after the girl group I kind of took those producers and writers that I had worked with in the girl group and just made connections through there then was managed by another a female, a strong female. Her name's Amber Grimes, and she helped me throughout the industry in Atlanta and producers and writers who now, funny enough, are all out here doing amazing things and like writing hits for like Beyonce and shit. 
I'm just going to continue to do me. Hopefully they'll see like, oh, that kid isn't as bad as we thought he was. Mm -hmm. Or, oh, that kid was just young and he made stupid mistakes like Justin Bieber, like me jumping on a news van, like, you know, me lighting a pool on fire. Like, it's all that dumb shit. That's <laughs> me like lighting people on fire. A pool. Like, like, I thought you said pool. people. I was like, damn, Jake, you leave. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Interview over. Um you have to grow as a person, and I think the world has seen even me and my brother do that in front of their eyes, hopefully. And I think there's definitely still a target on our back. but Well, that's never going to change, right? Yeah. As long as you're relevant and people are talking about you, you have to know that that's what you signed up for, yep. right? Yeah, and it's like— That sucks. Yeah. I, I, I honestly, I think that's really evolved of you to think that way and to say that, but putting myself in your shoes, I mean, somebody makes fun of you, you feel horrible, like one person. Mm -hmm. You have to have such thick skin and such a good head on your shoulders to keep it moving. Because I, I remember when a lot of controversies were happening, you kept it moving and you just kept doing your thing. That has to be hard. And I feel like you probably have a really strong community around you. 100%. I think my support system is awesome. Mm -hmm. My parents, my brother even. I was there for him when he needed me and he's been there for, for me when I needed him. And the way we look at it is just different. And we almost joke about people hating on us because we just know it's not fucking true. And we know who we are. It's like we deal with things with comedy a lot of the times and I'm not going anywhere. So it's like these people can hate on me all they want but like i'm smarter than that to like let that drag me down i know what i'm doing in this industry and this industry is literally a game mm -hmm. and when you figure out like how to play it and be smart about it you pretty much secure a spot in the industry and me and my brother have already done that and it's like we've gone through the most amount of hate already that we possibly can like i don't see how it could go any worse or be any stronger than what it's already been like we were at one point in January, early January 2018, my brother and I were the most hated people probably on the internet. And we rose above that. Here we are. I feel better than ever. I feel more knowledgeable than ever. Same with my brother. And we are making bigger moves than we've ever done before. And it doesn't necessarily just involve like making vlogs or like YouTube stuff. It's just like business. So I actually have a lot of really close friends in the YouTube world because we understand each other in a way that nobody else can. I'm just not posting about it. So people think that I'm not hanging out with these people, but I am. It's crazy. And do you notice there's a clickiness in the YouTube space? Oh, yeah. <laughs> because I, as a, you know, I've worked on YouTube platforms. I don't know if you've heard of Clever TV, but oh, that's yeah. like where I got my start. We're working as a network, but we're not individuals trying to get more followers and get more views. And you hear right. all these stories about you know, people that were once friends and then this person got more followers and then there was jealousy and there's like all this random stuff that happens. Yeah. And it seems like clicks are always shifting in the YouTube Yeah, space. I mean, I'll be the first to say that in the beginning, I definitely dealt with that too because it's so hard when, say, like you're the person who everyone's like, oh my God, I want to be that person's friend and then they start to get bigger than you. Of course, you're going to feel some type of jealousy until you learn how to check yourself and balance that. And then, of course, you're happy for your friends, but then there's like, oh, well, they got that brand deal over me or YouTube is recommending them over me now and that's why I like to keep it separate because I found myself getting jealous of people and resenting helping and just it's an ugly place to be and I was an ugly person at that time that's like four or five years ago but I see a lot of people now 
not being able to check themselves and recognize themselves and then trying to bury each other because of those things. It honestly is so scary. And that's why I'm so excited to get more into music and other right. projects because YouTube causes me so much anxiety. Me too. <laughs> and I'm not even a YouTuber. I go on yeah. YouTube and it's like my response to so-and-so and I'm just, oh God, yeah, I, I and get so stressed out. I think the thing that is the worst about YouTube now and just the culture in general is I've never in my life seen so many people celebrate the destruction and downfall of people, whether you think somebody did something awful or not. When I see people doing live streams of people losing subscribers and making memes of everybody celebrating that people are losing subscribers, it's like this is somebody's life. This is somebody's career, whether you're 15, 30, 50, I don't know how, whatever, the rest of your life, this is going to follow them. And I don't think anybody deserves the amount of hate from millions and millions and millions of people and no matter what you call it it is bullying whether 100%. you think that person deserves what they're getting or not then sit back and say you know what this person deserves to lose their subscribers fine but to get online and make videos putting their faces a thumbnail putting memes next to them making full videos saying how they're a horrible person and like laughing at, and showing their social blade it's disgusting and i just can't like Oh, I, I just can't get behind it. And maybe that's just me, but I just wish that the world was a little bit more compassionate for people, even people that they believe deserve punishment. I just felt like I was boxed in in Atlanta in a way. So I was like, I feel like I need to like figure out how to get to L.A. And I was like, I'll just start auditioning for reality shows. So I auditioned for reality shows. Like what kind of reality shows? Competition like factor, competition yeah, songs. American Idol, The Voice, all of that. And also, all while I was doing that, I also had my YouTube channel happening. So I had reality shows contacting me as well to audition because reality shows are not always stand in line and audition. It's like you'll get called in and be like, hey, can you come audition? So I ended up landing this reality show. It's called Rising Star, which brought me to L.A. And I was out here for three months staying in. They put us in this amazing hotel. It's called the SLS. And and it was just like that's pretty schmancy dope. for a show to yeah. put you up there we were literally living there for like three months that's four insane months. and yeah i was at the pool how time. old were you great. i was like i had to be like 14 15 you were living at the fucking sls as yeah. a 15 year old yeah okay, my mom was loving it too <laughs> oh, of course she was <laughs> she was a, i mean i was a minor so i had to have my parent with that's me, so hilarious we were, yeah we were like we were just balling. So <laughs> you were balling. Um, yeah, they gave us like a weekly allowance. It was great. But anyways, yeah, that was an amazing experience as well. I mean, I think when you're in, when you get into the reality show world and the TV side of things, it's a lot different than like traditional music industry. It's like very staged and all of that. I definitely found myself through reality shows, I think, too. A lot of like experiences that I experienced at a really young age to, mm -hmm. you know, be documented and comparing like where I am, where I was when filming those and then where I am now is just like really dope to look at. So, yeah, once I went through the reality show, it kind of gave me like a another platform on top of YouTube to like bounce off of. And then at the same time, I was still just trying to like figure out how to get in touch with like executives and all that. So I was going I was going to music conferences as well. So in Florida and Atlanta, there are a lot of music conferences and a lot of executives that are there. So I would pull up, I would like try and make relationships. And I ended up making this really dope relationship with Reverb Nation and the owner of Reverb Nation. And he was like, oh, we had a band cancel on this opening night of this conference. It was called Driven Music Conference. And 
He was like, do you want to come perform for like all the executives at the executive dinner? And I was like, duh. And I ended up performing there that night. Flo Rida's A&R was at the executive dinner. I ended up leaving super fast because I had a show the next day. So he apparently was trying to find me after the dinner. Ended up not connecting at all. And he had sent someone out to like go to my show the next day. This girl came to my show and was like, Florida's A&R has been trying to like find you for like... Was that the craziest thing to hear? Yeah, because I'm like, when you're doing stuff, you feel like nobody's watching when really there are people in silence watching you at all mm-hmm. times. And that was like a crazy moment because I'm like, I was feeling like no one was like getting what I was doing at the time. I was like, I feel like run down. I was like 16, 17, and I had been doing this for like, not super long, but like five years felt like a long time for me. And um, especially when you're so young, it's like your whole high school career. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So you've <clears throat> given up normal high school things to pursue this passion. So, yeah, that does seem like a really long time. Yeah. So that in hindsight, happened. it's not that long of a time it's really like not. in the yeah. career of somebody. But yeah. for that age, yes, I was like getting impatient. And and then to hear that was like, wow, this is like. It's really dope to have recognition finally. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing. Right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle. And I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. 
And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. We feel like we are just starting. We feel like we haven't even scratched the surface of like what we're able to accomplish. And we learned a lot, I think, in the past like four to five years since you we were talking about like off camera like since I first moved here mm-hmm. and when we met like I'm such a different person from that person to who I am now and so I can only imagine where like the next four years go mm-hmm. we just feel like we have so much more to offer than like what we are coined as which is like YouTubers do you not like the term YouTubers I, I don't know how to say it I don't want to say it's a bad thing yeah. to be called but you are an actor as well you are getting into music you do a lot of stuff we have pages and pages on things i want to talk about with you and we will not have enough time yeah because you have so much going on so the, yeah i hate the term youtuber and like i'm a professional boxer now i'm literally a licensed professional boxer yeah we need to talk about so this. it's like so okay I, I don't i can't categorize myself into one thing because i was trying to figure out there's so many different angles with you right and mm-hmm. i was like okay what are we going to focus on his business angle because He's made people millions of dollars. He's yeah. made people famous from literally being nobodies. He has boxed real boxers. Mm-hmm. He makes music videos and spends more on budget for production probably than Nicki Minaj. So let's discuss all these things. Yeah. I feel like you go hard. And not only do you go hard in all these areas, but you dominate all these areas. Why do you think you've been given this superpower? You're not, oh, I want to become a boxer and then take a class at Box Union. You fucking train. Yeah. <laughs> and like you get the best trainers yeah. and you actually do televised events boxing. And when did you decide to do this? Two years ago mm-hmm. and now you're an actual boxer? Yeah. I think it goes back to a couple of things. One being the goal of becoming the best at whatever I do or at least giving my 110% effort into becoming the best at that, which goes back to like my roots being in Ohio and like my work ethic, which like my parents installed in me. Like I had a landscaping company when I was like 15, 16 and I wanted it to be like the best landscaping company. I want to have the most clients and I just always like worked hard and I think hard work in this industry beats everything. And then beyond that, it's like the team that I surround myself with. We have an amazing team, smart people above us, smart advisors, um, great relationships. So if I'm new into something or I'm not as good at something like, you know, boxing, for example, it's how do we put ourselves around the best people to be able to make us 
the best in that category and teach us the the most amount of shit yeah the content that gets shared is the stuff that's making fun of people like whenever the whole monster meme thing happened where everybody was just making fun of me because of a clip in one interview which was explained very like <laughs> you, you. But, but there was a logical explanation for exactly everything that Thanks. happened but regardless of whether or not i hit the note i didn't hit the note i can sing i can't sing whatever there were these channels who are making videos who are like get a hundred thousand views a video maybe yeah. and they were making these hate videos about me where they're saying i just can't sing and then making up musical terms that don't exist and then those videos are getting three million views on this channel that gets not that many views so then that gets shared over and over and over and everybody's rallying in that but then the same people once i put out medicate were making videos being like this song's amazing like i think she's an actual artist and she really found her voice and those have a hundred thousand views again so nobody cares if somebody's doing great nobody cares if somebody's success seeding or creating something beautiful they just want to join in on hating and i don't know where that came from it's a toxic mentality but i think people like to see people who have it all have a bad day and i think people thrive off of watching a train wreck you yeah know, it's it's a weird yeah. thing it's not even just watching a train wreck at this point though it's celebrating a train wreck that's what's so scary it's really really scary and those people who are posting those videos are getting celebrated for it so what are they going to do they're going to continue to find things exactly why do you think that happened? Like, it feels like know. a trend that's very new. I what think so, too. And that's what I've been trying to figure out because I don't know if it's just like who I am as a person. I don't want to see anybody upset, whether you fucked up really bad or not. Like when James Charles, like even when everything looked the worst for him, when I was like watching him be destroyed, I was just like, OK, if all of these allegations are true, that's horrible and he needs to be punished. And like you can remove your support. But why do you have to make a million videos about it? Why do you have to like try to rally the troops to everybody attack this person to me, I just don't get it. Like, where did it come from? I think it's a lot of people who have time on their hands. Oh, oh this well, is yeah. happening. You know, that's that's a definite thing. Nobody's ever really publicly aired their grievances the way that people so freely air their grievances now. Because before that, it's like, oh, I'm not friends with this person anymore. I'm just going to stop filming with them. People are going to ask questions and that's my business. I'm going to answer it. But now it's people coming out being like, these are everything that I don't like about this person. And then people have the opportunity to take a side. And then it's a fun game because that is kind of human nature is just to find your wolf pack and the strongest survive and we naturally gravitate into clicks on platforms of 16 and a half million people james had now there's very public all right what team are you on it's so weird the wave that it went on from tati being like i need to get this off my chest to him responding mm -hmm. to other youtubers taking sides i genuinely felt bad for him i feel bad for everybody involved so do i because the thing is i love tati yeah. i think she's an am am amazing person she's always been so kind to me when i went to her launch party for halo beauty she was giving her speech about her product and she stopped her speech to be like and i just want to like talk about gabby and her music and i'm so proud of her i'm like this is unreal this is your moment this is your event these people are here for you and you're talking about my music so i love tati and i don't really have an opinion because i know there's so much information that's not out and i know there's so many feelings involved okay james charles in one day lost a million subscribers that is one sixteenth of his audience he lost in one day and then he put out a video and he gained a million subscribers back and to me it's just like how can you guys flip-flop your opinion so it's easy that you're scary. literally just clicking i support he's canceled just kidding he's not and i'm like guys come on at least have an opinion don't just follow what everybody's telling you to do because that's what it comes down to is just this herd mentality of i want to do what's cool and right now it's cool to hate james right now it's cool to hate tati right now it's cool to hate jeffrey and it's just just support who you want and then 
be quiet about it, in my opinion. So I ended up meeting with the A&R after the conference, and he brought me to the studio. Flo heard me live on the piano as well. I didn't have any original music at the time because I was doing covers on YouTube. I think I had like five, 600,000 followers at that point. He signed me on the spot, and then two weeks later I was on tour with him, which was crazy. was on tour with him for two years after that was the most influential time of my career I think even when as I grow I think that will still be the most influential time was being on tour with him because I literally learned I was his like guinea pig the entire tour like I was his shadow I was watching his interviews his you know performances his rehearsals I mean even in the studio like when we had time off I would be in LA with him as well just in the studio with the whole team and watching you know him take meetings at Atlantic and like movie meetings like behind the scenes stuff and I was like this is so crazy like it's literally preparing me for what it's just kind of priceless like you can't pay for that type of training I feel like and and he wasn't even considering it training but in my head I was like this is like boot camp for me well because he had made it and he you were basically able to see every aspect of it from media training and being able to do a proper interview to the amount of hours he probably put into a rehearsal what was a common misconception that maybe you had at the time something you thought about the music industry that after being with Flo changed your perspective on it I think it was his ability to always like be on in my head I didn't like realize like when you are that known. He had just released My House and it went straight to number one like at the time that I was on tour with him. So he always constantly had to be on like all the time. So when we were walking out in LA, like I would be in like sweats and like a sweatshirt and he would like be like, you have to go change because like I'm going to tell you like this is not how you have to always be dressed, looking ready like all the time. And it was true because every time, even when we were just trying to go for breakfast, like he was constantly being like stopped or, you know, like taking meetings like in the middle of the day. It was just like stuff like that where I had no idea. I was like, I really you know, you really need to be on at all times. In a way, though, I do think it's important to be real with your audience as well though but he was definitely a really like dope person to be around when you know he was like constantly being pulled and and pushed in different directions but he always was like dressed ready to go all the time the industry of like youtube it has a ceiling it has a ceiling for sure you can only get to a certain point Mm -hmm. youtube starts to limit your views youtube starts to limit like how many people your video is getting pushed out to when you get to a certain point after two years like youtube wants to just like put on the next creator they're kind of in control of everything when and there's a ceiling my brother and i have reached that ceiling and we're at the ceiling and it's like come on let us up through and you think you're at the ceiling right now you're still getting a lot of views for sure but just as far as like we're still getting the most amount of views possible but as far as like excelling you're already at the top you're saying so where where else could you go on youtube it's a it's a dead end what am i gonna do vlog every single day and just keep on making videos and keep on getting views and like yes my fan base will grow but like when does that end when does it end for you i think it already has i think like i've definitely like pulled myself away from youtube in the past six months you know Mm -hmm. and i still i love making videos i'll always make videos but i think there's a difference between being a youtuber and like i post on tuesdays and thursdays and sundays and i post every other day like that's being a youtuber versus 
you kind of just make videos when you want. The videos I'm currently making are just a lot higher production, and I want them to be as best as they possibly can be. I think a lot of YouTubers, like, cut corners in their videos now, and they just, like, kind of post whenever. I'm just over that cycle, and that doesn't excite me anymore. I want to mm -hmm. make, like, really uh, high-quality content. YouTube is great, and I'll always do it, but it's, like, what is like what are the big youtubers right now they're just they're just going to keep on making videos unless mm -hmm. th there's some smart ones you know who branch out and are building businesses but that's like two people that i know of and the rest of it is just like you they're just going to die on youtube they're just they're just going to keep on going and going and going and making videos until people just don't care anymore and to me it's like i'm not only bored with the platform and like making the videos but I'm bored with making videos like consistently and like when I like need to upload on a certain time and a certain on certain days and push, push, push and force content out. I'm bored of that. I think it's like I don't want to like be that person that dies on the platform. And I think yeah. a lot of YouTubers do and they don't even realize it. And then they try to like come back and hate on the new people. I mean, I've been through different situations like this, but that last one was the first time I'd ever seen subscriber loss and people. So for people really who don't know what me. we're talking about, the monster meme. Yeah, but then wanna... it became more from that. So it started with I did an interview with Genius and then they did some weird cut with the audio and then people made it into a meme where you were singing. Yeah, You're I was a singing. song that I actually really like. Thank by you. The way. I still love that song. I'll always love that. I song. love that. Song. <laughs> yeah, it's but very real. It, it just got memed over and over and over. It went insanely viral, which. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. fine I think there's funnier memes <laughs> like there were some that were like so genuinely hilarious and then some were just like I'm like how does this have this many views I'm confused but um yeah so it was fine and it was just a joke but then once my face became clickable then it became people starting rumors and pulling things up where I'm bullying my fans I'm scamming my fans I'm capitalizing on mental illness for my own profit and I don't actually care about depression I just talk about it for money to scam my young vulnerable fans and I'm just like come on guys like you guys loved me in August in August everybody was rallying behind me because I was the underdog who had the number one song on iTunes and number two at the same time it was like massive and then no big. I got a little bit too big and then people wanted to tear me down so then your face is clickable and now it's just what story can I spin with her and I hear my name coming up in context that I don't even belong in but they know that if they say my name they can put it in a thumbnail you know on one hand I really am that bitch huh but second like on the other hand come on like I'm a human and let me live my contract just ended it was a mutual thing he was an artist and you know had to do his own thing was just so busy and I was like I just really need to focus on my stuff I learned so much from him and that experience you know a lot of things in between as well there were good times bad times but at the end of the day I feel like I learned so much from that situation I ended up moving on was independent for like a year and a half after that mm -hmm. um and that's when i met you right yes okay so i finally got to release my own music it was crazy because that through that whole deal i hadn't released anything which was really frustrating for me i was learning so much and i felt you know like i was on tour touring wembley stadium like the biggest crowds i've ever been in front of ever mm -hmm. and i just hadn't released anything and i was still feeling like I hadn't shown or gotten to prove myself to anyone. Not that that was the goal, but I just was feeling like I needed to speak my mind and, and well that's frustrating I, I mean especially you it's your passion to be an artist and you're of course yeah. you're learning and it's invaluable but you're seeing someone else put content out music yes. out and you're just like I want to do that too exactly mm -hmm. so and then even the artists we were doing shows with it was like 
up-and-coming artists as well and you know he was also watching you know the way that they were doing things as well for my career and as well so so yeah after that I uh, was independent for a while released my own music you know through my channel and stuff I ended up hitting like a million subs during that point that's like that's crazy by the way to have a million subscribers it's really hard yeah. to, to get to that point on YouTube I feel like that's the, the threshold once you hit a million it's like okay you're legitimately yeah. you have a presence on YouTube how was that for you well I mean it took all that time from like when I was in Atlanta all the way until the beginning of this year what do you so think helped was... your YouTube channel grow what was there a spike in growth or um, was it a slow and steady climb it was a slow and steady climb like there was no like of course there were like the viral cover videos and like because my main content was cover music it was always the main source of content was music mm. which I'm really proud that I stuck with that like my entire YouTube career because now I'm like they're wanting original stuff because of the renditions that I would make they were so different from the originals they almost sounded like they sound to totally songs. different so they're like we need to hear original stuff and sometimes it's hard for cover artists to stray away from covers because the audience is so used to hearing renditions of songs and stuff but luckily my audience was like so for me putting out original content music's like huge for me I love I love music. I love making music. I love the music industry just in general. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of something like it was it's kind of weird for me because I grew up listening to like rap all the time and listening to Lil Wayne and Drake and like watching the Lil Wayne documentary without my mom's permission because she didn't want me to see it because like he was a bad influence and did drugs and all this stuff. So I've always like loved music. But for whatever reason, I never thought that I could do it. And then got sucked into Vine and Disney and YouTube and building businesses and so on and so forth. And I did music, like YouTube music, like everyday bro and like comedy songs and just like joking around. But then when I sat down one day and I was like, I went in the studio and I was like actually trying to make like a good like song. It turned out good and I realized like, wait, I can do this and like take it seriously and I'm good at it and I'm good at writing. That was like a huge eye opener for me. And I think I had to grow as an individual and kind of grow off of just being a YouTuber to fully believe in myself to the point where like now I know I'm a good musician and great artist and I have a dope team of people that I can work with in the music space to be able to launch into the music space and actually be taken seriously. You mean for real launch into the music mm -hmm. space? You know the music industry is like the hardest industry to break into. Cutthroat, yeah. More than anything, mm -hmm. I think. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. 
I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. Is she breathing right now? Yes, she's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle. And I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Stephanie J. Block, and I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks, and we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes, hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. I actually think a lot of YouTubers become introverts. Ah, interesting. Yeah, well, a lot of them start off that way because I've always been shy. Mm -hmm. But it's when you start, first of all, exhausting so much energy for the public in very short periods of time. Like if you go on a tour and you meet, you know, 600 people a day for a month straight, you stop wanting to talk to people because that's what you do for a living. But also you start getting a little paranoid like if you're out in public and I'm at a bar and I know that a lot of my audience is over 21 so I know that there could be people watching right me. and then just fearing judgment and then just having been attacked so many times you start to feel more insecure and you start kind of hiding within yourself I've always been shy but I definitely got more shy and introverted after the internet that's the thing about judging people online too is you're just seeing these snippets of essentially a character that you're putting on because at the end of the day if I sat and did full length YouTube videos at my regular energy level yeah a lot of a lot of people would like it I'm sure but not the amount of people who are like oh this is an interesting charismatic person because once you get to know me it's fun to sit and watch me be chill like that's what my Patreon is is me just talking very normally to them mm -hmm. like this if you're trying to get people to remember you you can't just be a chill person the biggest adjustment I think was really being open to other people's opinions on things when I was independent it was like me and my management R&R who have been with me forever just us discussing you know what I wanted and then now it's like 
okay, well, I have to now, I have a team, which I value so much and love and respect. Now it's like, okay, well, we want to try this and do this and do this. And then I'll like oversee it and I'll make a couple comments and stuff. And that was, that was kind of the biggest adjustment I think was really having so many people, you know, so many cooks in the kitchen, but like I definitely, they let me have the final say of things, but I'm just, I think that was the biggest adjustment was having a lot of other people involved, which is an amazing thing. I'm still like, I'm still figuring it out. Like that's what I'm saying. I'm green in the music industry. I'm just starting out. I'm still learning about it. I'm learning, like I'm figuring out that strategy to come into it and I'm, I'm being patient as well because I don't think it's something to rush. Yeah. And there's a lot of people like put music out, put music out. Oh, this song's dope. This song's dope. But I really want to have a buttoned up strategy and, a, and the right, like the perfect team in place so that when it goes, it goes. Mm-hmm. And I think I have the capability to do that. I know I have the capability. Well, you have the eyeballs. That. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, you definitely have the people that are going to look at what you're doing. That's what it comes down to at the end of the day. You asked earlier, like, what's the strategy or yeah. like, whatever. What it all boils down to is like the music being good. They literally have to be like, wait, who is this? If they're just listening for the first time, like, wait, who is this? Do like, you think, I'm sure you've heard some renditions of what you've worked on. If somebody did not know that it was you, would they know it's you? They wouldn't know. Based on like the tone, the sound. Exactly. Yeah. They wouldn't I've, know. I've my so my what I have like some of my friends do, because they're almost some of the friends that like help me with the music or the producers or whatever. That like after I make a song, they will go and play it. They'll play it for their friends and they'll just like have it on in the studio. And their other like rap friends or pop friends or whatever, they'll just be like jamming to it. And they'll, then they'll be like, "Yo, that was Jake Paul," and everyone will be like what like no that's not that's not what like no it's not i don't believe you bro i don't believe you and they'll be like yeah that is and they'll play it again and they'll be like wow that's good like whenever the whole monster thing happened i knew that that was the universe giving me a sign that i needed i don't belong in youtube anymore this isn't my platform this isn't where i'm supposed to be and i was still doing really really well and growing very quickly on youtube so the universe said stop why aren't you writing music and why aren't you writing the music you're supposed to be writing so there was this big scandal where i can't sing and all this stuff and it forced me to write my best song yet at the time which was medicate which was very like respected and a lot of people in the community talked about it as if like this she's a real artist now that's when people said that and that song would have never happened if i wouldn't have been too hurt by youtube to even open the app i couldn't even open it because it was so painful so i wrote and then after i put that out i said why the fuck am i not writing music and then i wrote a holy p and now here we are so I've been working with a lot of great producers, mm-hmm. one of which is Boy Wanda. Okay. We're great friends, and that's, like, how the relationship started. And he's been kind of, like, helping me out, giving me advice, sending me, like, beats and stuff like that, which is which is really dope because he's done countless amount of hits from Drake's God's plan to, like, start it from the bottom. He's been with Drake his, like, whole career. Drake is, like, my biggest inspiration in the music space. So that's really awesome to be able to work with him, and I'm so lucky and fortunate to work with him. Mm-hmm and have a song with a couple of different artists one of which is nle choppa he's blowing up in the rap industry right now again same thing we were friends like everything started as friends we made a song together we shot the music video so i think that might be the song that i dropped november 8th but i might so you have a couple yeah i have a couple songs i'm just trying to figure out like which one to drop and like which order and also like the thing about it for me is i'm very competitive and i'm very judgmental of myself and so i'll make a song and i'm like i love that song I love that song so much. And then two weeks later, I'm like, I can do better. 
in that song. Is that the constant problem with you, though? You can always do better, right? Yeah. So you probably have that issue in every area of your life. Yeah. So you just have to drop the song right yeah. now. Right now. Let's hear it. Play it right, right now. now. <laughs> I am very hands-on with my visuals. I came from the video world. I felt like I literally went through school just by like being a YouTuber because you learn so much about editing and and audio and visuals and like different like hidden things in videos. And it's just it's it's a really cool thing to go through as a YouTuber. So when it comes to my original stuff, I am very, very hands on in the creative process. So you already have all these people ready for your EP, excited for your EP. What can they expect from your music, Ooh. is it going to be is it going to be the same type of music you've released in the past? Is there some evolution? I what can hope we there's evolution. I hope that there's always evolution in my work, but I would say that this is more so in the vein of Medicaid, where it's not as punk. The first track is a little bit punk rocky. It's kind of Marina and the Diamonds vibes, actually. I would say, but it's kind of alternative pop, but it really tells a full cohesive story. And I sent it to a lot of my producer friends and writer friends and just general friends. And they said, this is a body of work. This tells a full story from beginning to end. And that is hard to do. And I am so proud of you. And that is what I wanted to hear. So every is song is connected. Every single song tells the story. And wow. then I put interstitials of real voicemails of my ex and I crying to each other in between the tracks to lead into. So it's literally like, this is what happened. This is what we were saying to each other. And then I wrote this song. This is what happened. This is what we said. And then I wrote this song. I love this. It's hard to listen to a little bit. <laughs> She's actually crying. This it's is weird though. Cause I'm like, I get numb to it a little bit because I'm like listening to my ex say, I'm sorry. And I love you. And then I'm listening to myself crying saying, I'm so fucking exhausted. And then to me, it's like, Oh, I'm creating art. And then once it's finished and you're done working on it, and then you listen to it back as a full body of work and the deadline, are over and everything it punches you in the mouth and you're just like oh my god you're like that really happened that really happened and my heart is broken oh <laughs> my god you gotta spiral again <laughs> oh wow that sounds like worth the wait i want to use my brand in that i grow through music to do other things so it's like if, it, if a deal makes sense then a deal makes sense i don't even want to ask you what your be all end all is because i don't think that there is a be all end all for you i think from what i'm hearing You've built an empire and you're just going to continue to do that. Is that kind of the game plan for you? Just like anything that you can do to just continue to build the Jake Paul empire in whatever's happening in the time in your life. And you're like, oh, I'm passionate about this. I'm going to go do this. Would you say that's true? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So you I don't have like I, an end game. I, like four years ago, if you asked me where I was going to be four years from now, I, would, I, I wouldn't be like, yo, I've got tattoos all over my body and I'm, I'm a professional fighter. I would have never said that. Yeah. You know, so it's like I can't really predict where the future is, but why I do this, why I am on this planet and why I wake up every single day to do this entertainment industry and why I have such thick skin and why I don't give a fuck that Nikita Dragon's talking shit to me on Instagram or whatever it is, like, is because I'm doing this to die a legend. One piece of advice that you would give Gabby mm. 10 years ago. Oh, make your tragedies a work of art, baby. Just keep embracing that pain because it's gonna be really helpful later. <laughs> I think it's. I think you're doing that right now. That's what I'm and doing. And it's working. But I just wish she knew a little bit sooner. I think that's everybody though. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's, that's a really good piece of advice. And I guess I'll just ask one because I love advice. 
piece of advice for somebody who wants to follow in your footsteps? Oh, just really just do you, you know, and be authentic, which is such a corny thing to say, but it's honestly so true. When you look at the people who really make a mark on society or art or culture, it's the people who are truly authentically themselves. And whether you make it big or you don't, you can be really proud of the stuff that you've created and you're going to touch somebody and just worry about that. Don't worry about the fame or the money. If, if it's meant to be, that'll happen. But if that's your focus, you'll never get there. Love it. Love it. Write a book next. <laughs> I have one. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's my poetry book, Adult Lessons, available now in uh, Barnes & Noble, Target. <laughs> I gotta go to Barnes & Noble. I would have brought you one. <laughs> okay, well. But yeah, make sure you come back every time you, you know, release a book, write a movie. Absolutely. <laughs> I feel like you're doing big things. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm excited to know you. <laughs> oh my God, you're so sweet. Tell them where they can find the EP. It's called Two-Way Mirror, and it's everywhere. It's on every streaming platform and the music videos will be on my youtube channel and just you'll find it so if you could win a world title or you could get a grammy for music i want to dive deep into like which one you would pick and why i think a grammy for music i think that's would you quit it all for music like would you would you quit everything for music and not do anything else that's the goal i think yeah and just be an artist yeah that's the goal for sure i think there's like these are stepping stones to doing that I would never guess that about I, you. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't quit like business. No, business yeah, is in but, your blood. Yeah, yeah. I think you'll always be a, a mogul, mm -hmm. right? And I think I read somewhere that you wanted to be the first YouTuber to make a billion dollars. How yeah. close are we? Ten dollars? Ten dollars having tomorrow. No, not that close. I mean, I meet people who are like, I'm a millionaire. Then you meet people who are like, I'm a multimillionaire. And then you meet people who are like, I'm a billion. B Club's totally I, different. I'm a billionaire. It's completely different. You meet a 100 millionaire and it's like so different from meeting a billionaire guys i hope you enjoyed this interview i sure did well before we leave i do want to say i literally met you like what was it like a, two years ago or something like yeah. a year and a half ago yeah and like your support by not even knowing me that well like is so real and like i just appreciate you so much and of like course. you're like one of the you're gonna make me cry like literally like the like one of my favorite radio hosts and like to be honest like not a lot of people will like hop on the bandwagon and be like i'm here to support you and i feel oh i not real. only hop on i bully people i was bullying like, <laughs> a big ep at iheart radio to play your shit like the fact straight that, up like you are just so like supportive of my career and you don't even know me that well it's just like this is so real like i just love it and you can i feel your vibe and like I well let me it. tell you something about your vibe honey <laughs> the reason i support you is because not only are you talent is Talented people are everywhere, but you have something that I hope people can look up to and aspire to be like because you work hard. Is Are we going to like wear the tissues? No. You work hard. You're really talented. And I think you have a really good head on your shoulders and you're not above the work. Like you've put the work in. Right. So I want you to get the 50 Grammys that we talk about because you're going to. And any way that I can support you, whether it's, you know, doing some kind of weird shit with this computer that's in front of me and making sure that every song he thinks he's playing is not actually what it is, but it's your <laughs> song. I will figure it out. I'll, I'll make it happen. But you're going to have to come back. I'd love to. When, you know, when you win the Grammy, don't forget us. I would never. I have your number. I'll, I'll always like, going to remember you as the person who said I would win a Grammy. You're going to. Literally, uh, mark my words. Somebody keep this clip in the future. Somebody in the room. When I win a Grammy, I'm going to say thank you to iHeart and Tatiana. Oh. <laughs>
And when I'm in the front row at the Grammy, I'll come up and I'll be like, so here, thank you guys. It's really because of me. I'll take all the cred. Jake, it was so fun having you on today. I feel like literally we didn't even crack the surface. I just want to say, when you drop that music, please let us know. We'll play it on iHeart. Oh, thank you. That'd be dope. Right, Brian? We'll That'd play it dope. on iHeart? I'm down okay. for that. Okay, he just said it. We're going to play Let's it on go. iHeart. Let's do it. <laughs> Behind the Influence is a production of iHeartRadio and TDC Media. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s She looked like a million bucks. scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes Nearly $10 million was all gone. It's just unbelievable. Hide your money in your old rich man because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.